With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the Worst Year Ever. We'll get through it together or not. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. Jesus Christ, the praise the praise him. Have you guys seen Righteous Gemstones? Praise, no, not yet. Salvation of the West. I had to plug in my headphones. There's probably going to be some weird reverb there for a second for people, but we love us some Jesus. And yeah, the Righteous Gemstones. I watched the first season. I know that yeah. more has happened. I, I thought I thought the first season was good. I like obviously. Uh, um, I'm I'm a huge fan of a number of members of the cast, including the guy from Workaholics, sure, uh, yeah, and the guy from The Big Lebowski, mm. yeah, both of whose both names of I have completely forgotten, even though John Goodman I legitimately and Adam love Devine, love their Devine? yeah, Evan Devine or Devine or whatever, and um, John, shit. Goodman. A, John Goodman. Shit. Jesus Christ. I saw a man Go- that looked I've, so I've much like- I've been watching John Goodman my whole childhood. How did I do yeah. that? I, I saw someone who looked so much like John Goodman yesterday, and I, I walked I mean, up to him, and I was going to say, I'm mm-hmm. a, I just <clears throat> grateful for your work, and I, I walked up and stopped because it was not John Goodman, and I thought, this man, this man must get this all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. Yeah. He knew. He, he knew. I, oh God. <laughs> he must have. I mean, you know, the fun thing about that is, if real John Goodman, if I had a chance to walk up to him, I would just walk up to him and I would extend my hand and I would ask him if he had any cocaine. Mm-hmm. Do you ah. remember that movie with Denzel where he plays Denzel's drug no, dealer and Denzel's like like the the like Sully the pilot but a drug addict and it's, it's there's. I, I don't know what the movie's name was, but there's a pretty cool scene where John Goodman walks into a room with a sack full of drugs to um, Sympathy for the Devil, and it's it kind of rules. Ooh, that's um, sick. The movie itself, pretty forgettable, but John Goodman but as I, like I a coke dealer that. was kind of ruled. Find it on YouTube. Ruled. Let's watch <laughs> yeah. it. Cody, find um, it on YouTube. I just rewatched- Find this movie a movie on No, YouTube. just that scene. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Cody. All right, okay. I did, I did rewatch The Big Lebowski recently. Uh, oh, Yeah. 
Hold up. Still a per- an absolutely yes. perfect film in every way. Yeah, uh, it is no wonderful. Notes. We'll, we'll never have notes. Um, John Goodman, it's, a sh- it's, a, it's a, an astonishing crime that John Goodman didn't receive an Oscar for his, his Has he received any Oscars? Because he is unbelievably talented. I, he's so good. He's good in everything he does. Did you guys ever watch that show Alpha House where he's like one no, of a Republican but, senator with a bunch of other Republican senators living in like a rental house in D.C.? I heard it was good, though. It's he's quite good in it. Yeah, it's very funny. It was a lot funnier before 2016, um, sure. but he, he was very good yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah. 2016 was a real killer for anything in that uh, yeah. arena. Yeah. Um, Robert. Mm-hmm. We're we're talking about well, entertainment, and I I took your advice, Katie, which led oh. to me uh, exposing a series of penises. Uh, okay, so to, to... okay, okay, this is not my fault. <laughs> All right, this is not my fault. It's kind of your listeners, fault. It's a little bit your fault. It's a listeners. little bit your fault, Robert. Katie. This is your fault because I've been saying this for motherfucking years. I know it was your choice to watch it and then pause it on that scene when you Sophie kept me to watch and it. her mother right. were over. Let me explain to you. Also, what happened. wait, was I was this... watching Patriot <laughs> as you've been as you've been harassing me to do for weeks. And of course, after the first from the first episode, I was hooked. It's very good. It's incredible. Um, it's very, very good. Uh, so I, I watched through like season. I literally stay up the first night I w- start watching it. I stay up until like eight in the morning watching yep. all of season one. And then like I'm kind of I'm kind of like fucked. I, 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 I got pretty drunk, too. And so the next day I was kind of hung over get a late start, have to pull a bunch of stumps out. So I only make it through like an episode and a half that night before I'm like, I'm just going to pass out. So I do the thing that I normally do when I'm uh, alone in my house, but I want to go to sleep uh, where I leave the TV on as I like get up to brush my teeth and get out my con, do all the, all the, all the stuff so that I have a, some comforting sounds going on in the next room, <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not watching it. And so like mm-hmm. when I'm done and ready for bed, I just walk in and I close the laptop that's attached to my TV. Don't think about what's on the screen. I'll restart the episode when I come to watch again. So the next day. Sophie and her mom come in from out of town. We're hanging out, show them the farm. Everything's good. Everything's nice. And then we sit down. And as we're sitting down, you know, we're going to eat some Thai food together, hang out with, you know, all my 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 friends uh, and chat. I decide, what do we do when we have our friends over and we want to talk? Obviously, we turn the audio, the sound off on our TV and we put on the movie Roar, which is a film from the 1970s where Tippi Hedren and her family get repeatedly mauled by actual lions. None of it's fake. They're horribly injured. Her leg is broken by an elephant. A quick sidebar because this. uh, We'll talk about it. Let me me finish the the Patriot story and we'll talk about Roar. So. I'm I'm I turn on my laptop and the TV to put on Roar and of course when you are like me and you're lazy about everything media if you just like put your laptop into sleep while it's playing something when it comes out of sleep it's going to immediately start playing whatever you had on now in the show Patriot this won't be revealing much a big chunk of it takes place at this like piping company in the Midwest <laughs> and they're regularly taking trips over to Europe. Um, and so they'll have these scenes right before they go to the airport where all of the main cast are like lined up at a series of urinals talking. And it's just like a thing that they do. It's kind of a fun bit. A lot of stuff like, you know, important plot points happen when they're chatting at the urinals. And in season two, they decide to do this scene from the perspective <laughs> of everybody's dick. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you actually like see the the di- the penises of everybody in the scene. <laughs> I was unaware this had started happening because again, I had been away from the TV when this part had been playing and I hadn't looked at the screen. My contacts were out. So it comes back on and as I'm explaining what the movie Roar is to Sophie and her mom, they immediately see on my 80-inch screen just a bunch of strangers hogs. Mhm. Mhm. Mm-hmm. So that's thank see, you. Thank you for that, Katie. Uh... And then Robert's texting they were t- our text thread this week about what we're going to talk about today. Just just laying into me about how mm-hmm. I traumatized Livid. Sophie's mother when I bear no responsibility for this. Although I that's just fu- so funny because then my first thought was like, oh, gosh, what dicks were they? Were they corporate dicks? Were they Brazilian ju- jujitsu dicks? Were they mm-hmm. French it was the, detective dicks? It was the corporate dicks. dicks. It was the it corporate, was corporate dicks, right? dicks. Yeah, it was like... <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to make comments about circumcision, yay or nay, but there's a lot of interesting circumcision-related things that you get to see in that. Um, um, this is amazing. I I apologize to Sophie's mother and Sophie's mother alone, but, but Robert, again, I reiterate, years I've been telling you. Years. <laughs> I, I, wait, years you've been telling could me to watch Patriot? Could have avoided all of this. Yes, I've been, for the entire, for just about the entire time I've been, I've been laying it and laying it on thick recently because I have shown, give, I've gifted this show to so many people. They've all been touched by it. And there have been several <laughs> times over the course of, um, our time here in the worst year ever where I've wanted to talk about things like jellyfish. There's things that are in the show and stuff that happens that I, I, uh, the, the, the difficulties of arriving, getting from point A to point B, different things that. Yeah. The, in the, the mechanics show. of fluid dynamics. It's a very good show. People should watch it. Um, it's definitely when you start watching it or when you read the descriptions, it seems like it's going to be like 24, like it's a show about an American secret agent who's got to stop Iran from getting a nuclear weapon, um, but uh, he—it's—it's it, it's not what you would expect from that description. So it's a good show. You should watch it. It's like a deconstruction of shows like Twenty Four of all that kind of like yeah s- stuff. I, I thought it it was very enjoyable. I really like the male lead. Um, amazing. Everybody, everybody is. It's filled with actors who are like initially kind of off-putting and then surprisingly <laughs> charming very quickly yeah, yeah, um yeah. which is just about every character the like the casting is so impeccable for every character yeah, it's, it's great um ichabod the guy from oh i love that, ichabod yeah that 70s show yeah like, the guy from that 70s show he apparently has a podcast that's set in the world of the show with oh the creator God. of the show um, where he's just talking about his career in piping and his, his <laughs> cocaine addiction. Him doing um, those piping monologues. I'm sorry, oh, everybody, so if you want to appreciate so, every this, time you have they, to watch it. Every I time, die yeah. laughing. Even my I was the one people, I, I showed it to my parents over Christmas. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. They're the the gamble. My mom was had tears from laughing at that. Anyway, we've talked about this show it's I'm good. thrilled you enjoyed it. You know what it. else is good? The classic comedy Roar by Tippi Hedren <laughs> and her husband, some guy, and also wow. her entire family because the nobody else would act fuck. in that movie. Okay, so yeah, we have to actually clarify what Roar is. because It's you amazing. Made it sound, it's what you said is true, thing. but Tippi Hedren was obsessed with, with uh, Tiger's Lions. Wait a minute. 
Yeah, they, yeah, they were in Africa and they like saw tigers and lions doing something. There's some story about this that they and were they, like inspired that they wanted to save them and and help people. But they brought them into their home. Well, full what grown they, what, animals so in part, their an home. Import, an important part of the story, Katie, is that. Tippy Hedren was traumatized by Alfred Hitchcock to a, a terrifying extent. Yeah. He was a monster. And you can under you can tell the degree of trauma that he inflicted on her by the fact that basically the next thing she decided to do was buy a large plot of land in Southern California with her husband and start adopting abandoned full-grown lions and tigers. Eventually 230 of them. Unbelievable. Um, and they lived in a house. They're protecting that was her from the birds. Not that I mean there there it had been years like songbirds, I guarantee you, did not come close to there that was place. Nothing. There was nothing there. <laughs> they also adopted like uh elephants and shit. They almost went bankrupt. Uh, I mean, they had to like sell everything else they owned because eventually feeding all these animals was four thousand dollars a week in seventies money. I can't and even were, imagine the medical bills they were for being mauled. To make a movie the whole time. So yeah. her and her husband and her kids, who were all actors and actresses, because Hollywood, were all <laughs> living on this house they built on this wildlife sanctuary where dozens of fully grown lions and tigers and pumas and shit had physical access to them at all times. And they spent five years shooting a movie. Now, it is a movie. You can watch it. But the plot makes no sense. And it's it's really not a movie because they, they had a script and they had a plot. And what the movie that you've seen is, is that two characters will meet in the house where there's dozens of lions and tigers and will attempt to start a dialogue to move the plot <laughs> forward. And 30 to 45 <laughs> seconds into this dialogue, one of them will be attacked by one or multiple big cats. And then the scene becomes about everyone dealing with the fact that one of them is being horribly mauled. You see, there, what like the male lead gets his scalp laughing. ripped off. Tippy Hedren gets her leg shattered by an elephant. Um, more than 100 people are serious. Yeah, she gets oh my God. thrown by an elephant and breaks her leg. Um, there's, there's a couple of scenes where her husband is just has cats biting through his hand and he's bleeding everywhere. Like this is not, none of this is like hidden. Like it's, you're, you are just watching people get very badly mauled by large cats. And the fun thing is these are as domesticated as big cats can be. One of them was Anton LaVey's pet tiger or lion. Um, They are beautiful. They're beautiful animals. They're not like trying to kill them. They no, are behaving. They look exactly like your house cat does, yeah. but they weigh like 600 pounds. And there's, again, dozens of them. There are some scenes where like Tippy Hedren's husband is being piled on by like 20 <laughs> cats at a time. It's fucking amazing. So it took them five years, a hundred plus injuries and multiple hospitalizations. Her husband nearly lost his hand, like, or his whole arm from gangrene. Five years just to film it and six years to edit it because what they actually had was just fucking nonsense. And the resulting movie is, again, the way I like to watch it with my friends is I'll just turn the sound off and put it on the TV while we're like talking and drinking in the background. Because there'll be like 10 minutes of like boring dialogue. And then like every people will start getting attacked in a boat by lions. And then you're like, yeah, let's watch this. That's fucking cool. That son of a bitch is bleeding all over the Robert. place. Robert. <laughs> yes, Robert Katie. Evans. Yes. <laughs> you come here. You try to tell me. That I'm to blame for scaring Sophie's mom with the penises mm -hmm. when what your plan was, was to show her <laughs> tigers mauling children in Tippy Hendren's house. 
I'm sorry. They're this all will adults. Not They're stand. all adults. They're all adults. They knew, you don't have to feel bad about it because everybody knew what they were getting into. Nobody made that entire family live with dozens of big cats in a house. <laughs> sure, but but what's 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 well, more traumatic to Sophie's did. mom? Some penises I, I think, or that? Well, I, I don't think know. Every everyone enjoys watching people get mauled by large cats. That's just a good time. Well, boy, oh boy, we've sure spent 15 minutes talking about this stuff. I found a new thing to watch. <laughs> oh, yeah? What is it? Oh, yeah. Um, it's uh, tree Bridgerton. cutting. It's tree cutting fails. So it's, it's people um. trying to. And it's usually what's amazing. If you've never cut down a tree, small trees, you can just pull out with a winch sometimes. Like, not a big deal. Saw them down, cut out the stump, whatever, fine. Um, big trees, like the ones we have all over the Northwest, the ones that are like four stories tall, that's like a team of people in specialized tools. And there's a lot of videos online that are just compilations of like some dude and like one of his kids with a chainsaw they bought at the store and like mm-hmm. a ladder <laughs> just trying to cut. And they and sometimes they die probably. Like it looks like a lot of the injuries look really grievous. People like being flung around the tree on a strap they were hanging from with a chainsaw. And That's what they get for chainsaw. trying to take down that it's, tree. Uh, it, yeah, it's, exactly. All of the videos are just like outrageous hubris. Like me, a guy who does not know much about cutting down trees, looks at these guys and is like, well, you shouldn't be doing this. You don't have the proper yeah, equipment or training to be taking do down it. a tree of this size. Oh. I actually, this is going to sound. I'm watching them now. It's this, like, why it's are they, amazing. Like, just, uh, like, like amidst power lines. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, no, don't, do, no, 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 don't no, try that. Don't do it. Don't yeah. do that. There's also some incredible ones of like competent people who are just like, it's their job. And so they, like, there's this one amazing one where this guy cutting down a tree that's atop like some, um, like power lines or something. And he's clearly like a professional arborist. He's got all the right kit. And because of some sort of error, his chainsaw catches on fire, which catches the tree below him on fire. Oh, God. And it's just like him. He deals with it. Like you, you just like watch I'm this watching guy. It now. Yeah, it's amazing, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't that you incredible? Send it. send it to me. What? Isn't that an amazing video, Cody? Oh, beautiful. I am. Um... Yeah, I uh, I look at big shit. old trees. Yeah, he is handling this. He knows what he's doing. He's very, yeah. very capable. Well, it's like he's at war with the tree. But I look at these big old trees, and I just feel like we have no business trying to remove them. They are, they were there before us, and they'll be there after unless we I, cut them down. I mean, I, I totally agree with you, which is why I don't feel bad when like well, a father sure. of four very clearly gets permanently injured trying like to take fuck down with the trees. The, trees the fuck with you. Fifty year old elm tree in his backyard. <laughs> oh. I've been watching oh, Bridgerton, oh, and I doubt anybody's been over. watching that. Yeah. Yeah, some of them are pretty bad. <laughs> well, it's just like you like this. It goes fine, and then just a chunk of the tree just like slams into them. Yeah, or this one where they're uh... they're pretty great. I <laughs> well, love watching like, these. It's, you know, some of them like it's not a pe- person gets injured. It's that they're they're cutting on a tree, and then it topples over onto their pool. Yeah, and the pool breaks, <laughs> and just like water oh goes shit, everywhere. Uh huh. This is uh, great for right. an audio uh, format. Yeah, we're we gonna take. That. A quick break, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's time for yeah. that. I think we have to. For advertisements. Break like the trees. From right? cro- break break like some trees and here's an ad. Yep. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. 
There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. Oh, yeah. Okay. I believe you. What's up, folks? Should we talk about actual news? I don't know what to talk about, um, but I will react uh, vibrantly. And with Viver. Ooh. Vim and Vigor. Mm-hmm. What do you guys want to talk and about? Vigor? Uh, yeah. So many things. I actually want to... <laughs> so, when we've got uh, many things to talk about, if we would like to, we can talk about Elon Musk or none. <laughs> and his adventures on Twitter.com. Um, unions and Starbucks and uh, Howard Schultz, <clears throat> his big announcement to save unions... We could talk um, about that IPCC report where they're like, we've got <laughs> three years to avoid absolutely mm. catastrophic climate change. But I let's don't... be like the rest of the world and not. I just can't stand <laughs> it. I, I, it, it, it's, it's hard to talk about. Uh, I feel, I think about it all the day. I think about it all the time. That report is horrifying. I tweeted about this. I truly had seen maybe three people talking about it on Twitter. Um, I guess now we're talking about it. Yeah, I mean, what do, you, um, what do you, what do you, like, I get everyone being like, why aren't people talking about this? But also, I, I guess because... What are we supposed to say? Nothing's, nothing, we, we've said everything that can be said, which is that we're staring down the barrel of a nightmarish problem. None of the people in power are doing anything, and it is going to make the world less yeah. inhabitable and all of the already utterly devastating problems we are dealing with 
including like violent authoritarianism and, and, and inequality, and I mean, even worse. And, and no one in power is going to do a goddamn thing about it or is meaningfully doing a goddamn thing about it. I'm sorry, this is one of those things. Yeah. When we talk about like the failures of electoralism, people are always like, well, what about this or what about this? And it's like, no one is taking any meaningful action in the US government that is mm-hmm. going to stop this. I agree. There are some people who are making some like attempts like to to their credit, people like uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez keep talking about like a thing that might do something, like the Green New Deal has a chance to make some meaningful impacts on this, but it doesn't have a chance to pass, um, which is not you know attacking her for trying, but she, it, no one else is. It's not gonna happen. Um, I know, and that's what's so, so fresh. Like, well, the point of what I was saying, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, my tweet, is basically, it's like, they're saying we have three years to turn this ship around otherwise we will not avert the worst case disaster and not many people are talking about it and i'm not criticizing people because i get it because what are we supposed to say when i'm like this doesn't this isn't good this is and i'm we are all carrying this anxiety this watching this this train plowing into the depot and not slowing down meanwhile Okay, we should probably talk about Ukraine. <laughs> What's happening? Well, right, there's like, well, the like world there, shortage. there's also like all these trains heading towards Well, the but same like spot specifically and- when we're talking about climate change and the effects of climate change on crops, well right now Ukraine and Russia, they are a huge exporter of grain, especially for the Middle East and to other places that are already uh suffering from famine to the Middle East, to Yemen. And so what we're dealing with right now is there's a lack of supplies leaving. The current harvest may or may not be harvested and how that affects next season's harvest. Not to mention, okay, well, just the infrastructure being destroyed there, long-term sanctions that we have and how that's going to affect. So, sorry, I'm just going off on a tangent here, but it's all connected when we're seeing this happen and we're like, okay, we've got three fucking years. Now's the time. (laughs) 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 We put off talking about the news for 20 minutes and here we are. (laughs) You know, like the most reasonable thing in the world right now is to put off talking about the news. Um, (laughs) I'm not... uh, (sighs) There's a lot we need to figure out as a species, and none of it is going to be figured out through people yelling at other people on Twitter for not tweeting about the IPCC sure. report. Sure. So number one, calm down. Like, don't calm down about climate change because it's it, it, it's it's absolutely as serious a problem as, as the report presents it. But like, calm down about the fact that people like joking, that people prefer to like joke about whatever bullshit is happening with Amy Schumer than they do to talk about the doom that like we people like... Folks are like, what am I supposed to do? And, and the answer is like, nobody knows because uh, it's particularly like a lot of folks on the far left will be like, well, we should be, people should be attacking fossil fuel infrastructure. And I think that would be rad, but what would actually happen is that like one person would carry out an attack that would not actually do any material damage to fossil fuel infrastructure and then their life and the lives of all their friends would be destroyed. So that's not gonna fix the problem either. And voting sure as shit has not yet done nope. anything to fix the problem. So like what what do you, people like people are, are gonna laugh well, about a thing that's funny that happened online because they feel as if they have no agency yeah. to deal with this problem. And so far- no one has, I, I, I don't know what they're supposed to do other than the kind of stuff we talk about on It Could Happen Here, where community resiliency, trying to prepare the people around you, the people that you live with and yourself and the people 
that are in your community for the consequences of climate change. That is actionable. That is a thing you can do something about. Right, yeah. But you, you as an individual or we as a bunch of people on Twitter who are vaguely left wing are not going to destroy the global fossil fuel system. I and if you I have disagree. a theory for how, let me know. <laughs> well, I don't have a theory for how. And all of your points are, I think they're all really important and well taken because I think that if we are to move this is the new reality. This isn't changing. This is our reality. It's only going to get worse. <laughs> you ever see a and, movie called First Reformed, Robert? Sorry. Um, I, I nope. <laughs> think it's really important for us to have outlets and to maintain our mental health and to be realistic about what we can and can't do. And yes, bond together and prepare for your, yourself, you know, and your community. I also think it's important for us to talk about it. I well, also sure. think I, it's I, important I, to keep it. But I just mean in general. I, but like, yeah. I think the point is well taken. Like, Take a breath and and focus on the things that you can control. But I I do think it's important for us to acknowledge what's happening and continue to talk about it because that's truly the unfortunate only way that it moves a needle yeah, in terms yeah, of electoral and politics. Aware, yeah, and be aware of who like can't actually do things uh, who and aren't. Right. Um, it's yes. not that I'm blaming people. I think that I I I get it, and I almost I didn't want to talk about it or tweet about it because I'd rather I'd rather focus on the things that are right here in front of me that I can control that bring me happiness because this brings me dread but yeah what brings horrible. me even more dread personally is feeling that no one else <laughs> is seeing what's happening you know or that yeah. we're get we're allowing politicians to take a pass we need to we need we need them to to listen to us. Uh, I don't know what that looks like. We haven't. We certainly didn't sustain mass protests during Black Lives Matter, you know, and and people were dying in front of us. I mean, people. We they kept going for a while. They did. The but one of the did. problems is that like the same people who are fighting viciously to stop any kind of positive movement on climate change. And the same people who are fighting to turn back the tide of gay rights to the point where now there's uh, popular discussion about like whether or not we should reverse course on the existence of gay marriage are the same people who are like advocating vociferously to fund and 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 remove any chance of accountability for the cops as they beat and murder people. Um, whereas, yeah. it, like, if you were out in the street protesting the cops, that's kind of all you were able to do. And if you're trying to force positive change on climate change that's kind of a full-time gig and like sure it's very frustrating because it's really easy to be um a civilizational arsonist all you have to do is get on tv and yell at whatever will make conservatives angry or mm -hmm. get on tv if you're a uh, liberal and talk about how any of the suggestions for how to make change aren't realistic and we need to uh move forward with fossil fuel companies to find a solution together mm -hmm. or whatever mm -hmm. um and it's called synergy. In, in either case, uh, it's way easier to just kind of punt the problem than it is to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And if you're like, it's if you're dealing, if you're trying to deal with the problem of creeping authoritarianism, which is tied into climate change, but it's also kind of a full time job to keep track of like what militia leaders are hanging out with what Republican congressional candidates mm -hmm. or actual congressmen. Um, and it's kind of a full time gig to again deal, try attempt to force movement on climate change and all of these issues. These problems are so complicated that, like, if you're trying to, this is a problem we run into on It Could Happen Here that I, I still feel mixed about. Like, we have multiple members of full-time staff, and I still don't feel like we're giving good full-time coverage to each of those things because they're so complicated. And the question even of, like, 
how realistic, what can be done about climate change at this point, what changes can be made, um, is really complicated. And you'll find experts who disagree. There are There's, people who are ecological experts that say any window is already closed and like we're effectively fucked. And there's experts that say, no, that's crazy. And there's a whole bunch of things that can be done. We could start doing them today. Um, and even just trying to parse out that single debate is is well, and then a lot. You there's a lot happening. <laughs> there's a lot happening. But also like you don't know okay, what are the unintended ramifications of a potential solution how does it impact x community how does it do yeah. the you know uh, jellyfish if you will for those of us who mm, watch yeah. patriot <laughs> that's right no oh, go on um cody so, i don't know cody this is your shody i just want to say shody again i know you did i always thought that was one of the cuter things y'all developed for mm -hmm. your shody it's almost Cody. the official name. Mm -hmm. Almost. Almost. Cody, you remember you remember that fun time back when we were both young and and you you made that video about an app called Chat Roulette where yeah. people were That's how we exposed met. to mm -hmm. penises. That's how Cody yep. and I met. As, yeah, that is true. Oh, really? You're I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. I didn't. Oh, yeah. I was still well, in Ohio and I needed met. Yeah. But like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah they were emailing first yeah. in our first video for cracked, and then Dan O'Brien, I believe, was like, he introduced us to uh, so that I could make a video, a little clip for his chat roulette. Video. That's when I became acquainted with because it was like I was working as I just moved on from intern to like part time employee. And Dan sent me this video and was like, this guy, Cody, I think is going to be a big part of the site moving forward. Does, this, <laughs> does that video still exist? Should you tell people the honestly Concept probably not um, Prob because, yeah like uh, the, many of the things we created would we be canceled yeah. um i don't, I don't know the, Cody well, the cracked player is broken so i don't even mm -hmm. think it is still available uh anymore yeah. uh, it's just about how if you go on chat roulette you're uh bound to see uh so, people's dicks constantly much like the show patriot chat roulette was an app where you were randomly matched with another person around the world uh, you had no way of knowing who that oh, it's still here. would be. Mm. And the basic idea behind chat roulette was, wouldn't it be neat if um, you could just get connected to someone else in the world uh, and then maybe that would spawn interesting conversations? And what actually happened is that 50% of the people on chat roulette would immediately show their penis to the other yep, 50%. That was how the site worked. That's, that's and what happened. In that. retrospect, there were a lot of, of lessons about what the internet was going to be in the future from chat roulette. In retrospect, everything still works the same way. Um, it's just Oh my that, God, it's playing. Yeah. It was pretty good. It was a pretty good video, Cody. Thanks. Um, so how do catch, I play this for everybody? Tune. Anyway, uh, how do I play this for you guys? Share, share screen. I, I, I know the world wasn't actually simpler back then. Obviously, the invasion of Iraq was still fairly fresh at that point, just really four or five years old. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, a couple of different horrible wars were raging. Uh, a lot of the building, the Tea Party was kind of like in its offing. A lot of the I'm going to play this song for you guys. Social trends that would be disasters where were, people were ignoring climate change and mocking Al Gore for making a very mild movie warning people about it. Um, and in retrospect, all of the problems that are now catastrophes were just building in that period. But everything felt simple because we were young and dumb and able to yeah. just Focus on to how make, funny chat uh, roulette was. Silly videos about whatever. Yeah. Make a little tune. Uh, little we don't joke. need to listen to this three-minute song. I don't we know sure what I've don't. Done. But let's put it on at the end for the people uh, yeah, who, add, add, add most of whom do not remember that chat roulette was ever a God, thing. I know. 
<laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, pre-Omegle. Uh, yeah, Omegle's definitely cool thing, right? pre-Omegle. Way pre-Omegle. Yeah, yeah. By, cl- like, close to a decade, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Because, uh, yeah, Omegle's still around. Yeah, I Omegle's really don't like think Jarrell is. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I, re- I refuse to that. accept that it might still be alive. Although every now and then I'm reminded that Diggs still exists and I'm just livid. No, Not that doesn't. I had any issue you're with Dig, but it's, whatever, it shouldn't still be around. Whatever you think you're seeing, it's not Dig. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Ah, uh, yeah, oh, baby. So what, uh, what was even happening? Uh, Speaking of chat roulette, we'll yeah. be right back. Unlike chat roulette, which disappeared and <laughs> which didn't disappeared. come back. But you know what? It lives on whenever you accidentally show your producer and her mom uh, a bunch of dudes <laughs> penises mm-hmm. from the show Patriot That's because right. you fell asleep the spirit at, in an lives opportune on. time. Exactly. Yeah. Way to bring it back. Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at price that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Everything is so dumb, 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 dumb. We're back. Oh, we're, we're talking so about good times, bad times, the fact that what are we what are we going to do here about this about this climate stuff because it, it, it feels like an intractable kind of problem alongside the the people fighting vigorously doing stuff like there's a, effectively a full abortion ban just got passed in Oklahoma um you are increasingly seeing conservatives rally around the idea of criminalizing any contact between trans people or gay people and and like Kids, uh, particularly starting in schools and with with the banning of books, you've got this horrible war unfolding in Ukraine with an act of probable genocide uh, in the suburb of Buka. 
Um, you've got uh, the wars weird everywhere. Authoritarian realignment with authoritarians on absolutely on both sides of this growing kind of international uh, uh, block of of conflicting nations. Um, and uh, yeah, some shit's not great with uh, with the climate. The Arctic was seventy degrees hotter than it's ever been at this time of year, um, which did, also did is you, bad. Uh, how much? Uh, how many degrees? Seventy. That's a lot of degrees. That's yeah, a real problem, Katie. It shouldn't be that much hotter than it normally is or has ever been before. That sounds yeah. um So, like, you recycle? Is that going to do Recycle. We're going to get, we're going to um, knock it out. We're going to Compost. Don't forget compost. to compost. Plant a tree. Compost tree. Republican legislators. That actually uh, would make some ooh. progress. Um that um, that that stop might help. Stop cutting down trees. Stop deforestation. Start cutting down Republican. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, um, Elon Musk is about to help run Twitter, so that's gonna well, that's gonna what? be good. You know, we can do actually. I think, uh, and I think it's President Biden is doing a really good job with this. Joseph um, Robinette just, Biden. Well, he just yeah, he just so he just announced today. Um, I'll just read his tweet verbatim. Um, oh, good. Oh, exciting. I love verbates. I love um, verbating. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna verbate right now. Uh, I verbate him. You verbate her. I verbate him. Um, We're all verbating. I verbate him. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I verbate. That was a good one. Bait. I verbate. Um, Bectimating. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I was trying to go for there. COVID. Um, I just signed an executive order that directs federal agencies to continue doing everything in their power to expand the quality and affordability of health coverage. Knocked it out of the park. Good work, Joe. So does that do? What's that gonna? Is that gonna? It's. It's going to help uh, direct them to continue to do everything in their power to expand uh-huh. the quality and affordability of health coverage. That's good. So healthcare has gotten cheaper over the last few years, right? Uh, sure. Why not? Yeah, that's what so I they're heard. Gonna, they're going to continue to do that. They're going to. So he signed he signed an executive order uh, to stay the course, I guess. Right. To, to keep it. I can't. To, Oh no! Health Stand spending it. in the U.S. increased by four point six percent in twenty nineteen. Would you say? Okay. Nope. Healthcare. It's it's Health, still bad. I mean, it's still it's increasing at an mm. the rate it's I been increasing it was at. Going down. So mm. that's good. It's not increasing on an unusual basis. Although the latest numbers I've got here are from two thousand nineteen. So mm. they well, did just. So they, who's to say pre-pandemic? Yeah. <laughs> There's that insulin copay cap that just got pushed. That That's is good. true. That is true um, and good. That is true. Yeah, um, I just think it's, it is it's, copays, which is right. Well, exactly. It's everything, one of those everything always comes down to like blah blah blah. If you got yeah, things. like it's it's one of those things. There's a there's an article I found on it that describes it as like a path to affordability. Which mm. again, I'm not not to <laughs> shit. Like obviously, when it comes to things that like legislators are doing, this is one of those things where I'm like, okay, so there are some people who are making material like this. This this will have an impact on some people that is positive, yes. and that's yes. that's good. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on it, but it is also worth noting like these are copay caps. This is not stopping the broader fundamental problem, which is that insulin, which should be effectively free because mm. of how cheap it is to produce. Yep. Um, yeah. Is in uh, instead expensive enough that people are dying because they cannot afford it, and um, that's a fundamental problem with how we view healthcare and how we view like the way capitalism should work. Um, on a moral yes. level, it's a problem with like the amount of suffering that we are happy to allow to happen mm-hmm. for for modest profitability. Um, yeah, how much can we tolerate? Uh, yeah, which again, I'm not. 
the, again, not shitting on the legislators who fought. This was like a real slug match. But that that's part of what, as, as good as it is that like they made some progress on making insulin more affordable, the fact that it was or is is still because it hasn't passed the Senate yet. Um, like <laughs> it was a, a a fucking battle in the House, um, and now we're we, it, we're we're gonna see if it can pass the Senate. The fact that like <laughs> that's the level of fight that we're getting, or like the level of fight we're getting to the, confirm um, the su- current Supreme Court justice, whose name I've spaced on. Um, Katanji Brown Jackson. Like we we're talking about the like when you when you look at what a level of fight these things are, which are are both I think worth doing within the context of the system we have. Capping insulin copay is worth doing, based on what I can tell of this justice's record. Seems like it will be a positive had it, having her on the Supreme Court. Not saying these are not worth doing, but when you look at the degree to which both of these things, which are in the broad scheme of the problems facing us on a global scale, pretty minor. Right. Um, When you look at what a fight that is, it makes me feel like, okay, well, how are we going to, for example, dramatically and very quickly put an end to to carbon emissions? Well, we're not. (laughs) Right. We're we're just not going to do that. It's going to take people having their lives destroyed to like literally destroyed. And, And meanwhile, we're looking at. Housing when, prices everywhere, and it's yeah. not affordable to live. And if you're living in the mountains, you have to pay twelve thousand dollars a year for fire insurance. Well, and and, <laughs> like, and if you if you as people's lives are destroyed by climate change, their ability to agitate for action on yeah. climate change will be hampered by the fact that they are homeless or in mm-hmm. severe desperation. And we are also in the process of criminalizing houselessness to an increasing extent. And mm-hmm. like where I live in Portland, which has been seeing a surge in houselessness, the vi- liberal local government is now pushing the idea of forcing people into camps uh, mm-hmm. run by the National Guard, which you're going to see more of all over uh, the place. Uh, yeah, like the, the solutions to this are not going to come for voting with voting for people. Um, the solutions to this are only going to come by massive collective action, and that's a titanic struggle. I, I, I don't think it's something that will be accomplished in three years, if it ever is, because, now, that said, I didn't think the shit that happened in 2020 was going to happen, but also we have to look at the reactions, like the results of 2020, which was, in the best-case scenarios, some cities had reforms and mild parts of their of their justice system or, right. or their policing system, and most places did nothing, and now a lot of that is getting pushed back. So, yep. Yeah, it's being... Uh, yeah. That's kind of what I, I mean with big prota anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're, I mean... Yeah, we're going to need to... Yeah. Some stuff's going to need to get damaged in a very in a in a scale and to a degree of i i don't think it's i think organizing is a necessary part of the solution i don't think that um uh voting is is going to solve these big problems which is not to say that like you know to the extent that it allows you to do things like cap insulin copays if that happens that's good and i'm not going to i'm not one of those folks on the left who's going to say like don't bother Voting because there's things it does it can help with, but it, it's like it's like I'm not going to say that band aids aren't useful, but if you're bleeding out from a cut in your femoral artery, a band aid isn't going to solve the problem. Yeah, it's just we're like it's beneficial to keep putting like wa- filling the bucket with water, mm-hmm. tossing that water <laughs> overboard, um, but that's not going to 
do it. But like, if you can take, you know, take thirty minutes out of your day to be like, yeah, let's get more of those buckets out of here. Yeah. Um, but acknowledging that that's not actually going to save the sinking ship. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm. Um. Yeah. But you know, uh, the agencies are going to continue to uh, do what they were <laughs> doing, right? Yeah, it's everything, be, everything in their power. It's, it's like it's just like fun. clearly like it's one of those like mid it's midterm season. Like we're getting yeah. we are getting there. So like even now I'm seeing like a few Congress people start to be like, by the way, we should have Medicare for all, right? Yep, um, it's that time and, of year. You know, like every where they like, trot out the bit. slogans. Um, it's um yeah. it's hard because you're right. It, I mean just both of them, all politicians suck. These people mm. aren't in there for the right reasons or the people that are can't do anything because most of them are run by corporations, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> our window of opportunity is fast sinking. Like we know, we see that this they, they couldn't get shit done. They and, and there's a big disillusionment. Like um, what's the point? And now what? Republicans are, I mean, that's what it feels like for people. Yeah. They're all the same. I don't say that there isn't a point. I'm saying that that's the sentiment and that's what it feels like. And that's why we're going to lose in a few months. I, I mean, it's, we'll see what happens with, uh, with that shit. Uh, we'll see what happens with, with that. Uh, yeah, that's such I a do, dark I way think, of saying it. I, I, yeah. I, I, well, I think there's like a lot of mobilization. So down. There's a lot of mo mobilization uh, on the right for a lot of these like culture war issues and things like that but i do i mean i don't know but i have i do have some sort of hope and uh yeah like there are a lot there are a lot of people i think on the right now who are re slowly realizing the things that mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. we've been sort of pointing out like especially with like mm -hmm. the rampant homophobia that has been amped mm -hmm. up recently yeah. um i've seen i have seen people be like wait i thought we were talking about this why are right, like right, why right. are we being like you're being like openly homophobic and like mm -hmm. vitriolic and now. Um, and I think that some people are sort of realizing like, oh, this was always the I, move here. Mm -hmm. I do think that the true that sooner or later things will be bad. If, if we're talking about climate anyway or healthcare or gas prices. There 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 will hopefully be a point where some of this division where we realize that we need each other. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like where you start like saying, falling down the pitfall falls of like of ways things have been distorted well, where you see the common ground, like if we need each other to save this country from, um, but also <laughs> that has to go along with the corollary that a not insignificant chunk of this country would happily kill the entire world in order to avoid admitting that they have yeah. been wrong about some important yeah. things. Mm -hmm. And they are, point, they are willing to burn the country and plan it down in order to ensure that they never have to reevaluate the things that they have been, that they have been, that they believe. Um, I'm hopeful that there are fewer of those people. Then. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. it's going to be fun. I don't, I, my, my feeling is that the democratic party has not done a great job of anticipating the no, things that are going to help not. them in the midterms. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> what makes you say that? Uh, but it's also like, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what's going to happen here. It, a lot of folks are saying that the polling looks like shit did in 2010 when the Tea Party had a real blowout win. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. It's. I mean, it's. it could very well be a, a complete it, disaster. It, it could be a real, um, real cock-up. 
Yeah, I mean, we there could you know get some more uh, some more Taylor Greens up in there uh, and uh, keep mm-hmm. fucking the cruises in there for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I do I don't know. It is still early, and I do think that the the sort of end game that like with like the dog whistling and the sort of like the rhetorical games that have been played um, about all these sort of issues, the uh, Mask is like by design, like being broadcast, and I think some people really preferred the mask being on. Um, yeah, and I, I think we're gonna because some of the polling I'm seeing suggests that like things are heading in the Republicans' directions for the midterms, but not to an extent that's out of line with what tends to happen in the midterms exactly. after a presidential election to, for the opposition party. And if that's the case, that could actually be kind of bad news because if they, you know. Take back one of the one of the houses uh, or one of the uh, chambers of Congress, um, but they don't. Um, it's not really a blowout. It's just kind of a normal, like they're showing like a two percent lead overall, something like that, which is pretty in line. Mm-hmm. If that's accurate, if they're not, if kind of the Republican uh, support is not being underestimated, which is always possible. Um, then that that would be interesting. That that might look really bad for them actually in twenty twenty four because that would show that like they actually have absolutely hit their cap. That going so extreme right. has hurt them. That like it doesn't you know, do they, the, the, yeah it, it, it doesn't create it, it doesn't I, create the red wave that they always talk about. Like what, kind of the thing that we're looking to see is this going to be a pretty normal thing for a midterm after an election where the party that won the big election is tired. Uh, because, you know, the kind of campaign promises have intersected with reality. People are less motivated. Um, they don't get their base out, but the party in opposition is all riled up because they're the party in opposition and they've lost control of the presidency. And so they make some gains. If that's what we get out of the midterm, as opposed to like a 2010 Tea Party blowout, um, then that might suggest they have some real problems when 2024 comes along, because that might suggest, oh, you guys have you guys have peaked what this rhetoric can get you, and when it's a presidential election and there's more activation of the base, um, of course that also assumes that like the hope would be the best case scenario then would be that like Republicans have a win that's in line with what tends to happen in midterms after an election, um, that's not exceptional or crazy big. Uh, and then, but it spooks Democrats in power enough that they actually start doing some more of the things that are going to pick up actual support with their, mm-hmm. with with the left and and with with progressives and stuff. And you know, I if that proves to be a wise electoral, yeah, I, I don't have a ton of confidence time. with that. Um, well, it's just like the the thing, like the one thing that like Democrats can't get enough of, like more than losing, is like not learning lessons. Yes. Um they they just fucking they just gobble up not learning uh, very obvious lessons. So yeah. I don't know if that's yeah. going to happen. Um Yeah. But. We're going to we're going to need to we I guess we'll see some shit. Um I guess we'll see some shit. Like I I have no idea how to tell uh what's going to happen other than that like it's probably going to overall be a win for Republicans. But the question is like <laughs> How how big a deal is it gonna be right. um, long term, or how it'll affect us going mm-hmm. forward? And yeah, but it, again, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be three a, year window it, here, babies. Like <laughs> that shit doesn't seem possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I mean, yeah, it could just be like, because I, I don't know, like Sarah Palin's going to run again, right? <laughs> yes, or, she is. Well, was, is like, she, was that not a, was not, that not a yuck? Was that not I a, think she uh, is. it April started Fools? out as a yuck. And then I think the uh, follow cool. up, like a few days later was like, yeah, um, yeah, probably. But like, but like, that's the, the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, um, I just don't, I just don't think that, uh, that is going to fly. Uh, yeah. This, this new, this new, new wave, um. We'll see. There's also there's some reasons for like there's some dire shit happening, including the fact that like according to Gallup, at the end of 2021, Democrats led Republicans in party identification by nine points. Um, by the in yeah. the beginning of it, by the end of the year, Republicans were ahead by five, which is like the biggest swing Gallup has ever recorded mm. in that. Um, mm-hmm. so that's bad. <laughs> um. But also, what do you like, mean by party identification of people identifying as Democrat people identifying to Gallup in a poll as Democrat yeah. versus Republican, right? Um, and I found a good, I, well, I don't know how, how I, I'm not an expert on any of this, but I found an analysis um, that's pointing out that like there's a couple of reasons to maybe think that it will not go quite as well for the Republicans as some people are suggesting. One of them is just the fact that like, um, in the 2020 election, House Democrats lost a bunch of seats to Republicans mm-hmm. um, that were the most vulnerable seats, um, which mm-hmm. means that, like, of the seats currently being battled, Democrats aren't defending nearly as many seats in vulnerable districts, whereas House Republicans actually have a lot of seats in districts where things are more split that they have to defend. Um, redistricting has gone reasonably well for Democrats compared to, like, what people were worried about. Um, and, you know, in the Senate, they're not defending a whole lot of seats that are particularly vulnerable compared to what they were. So it's, it's, it's possible. And it's one of those things, if this actually is kind of like a slug match and it's kind of hard to tell at the end of it, who's come out on top, that's a disaster for Republicans. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens. I'm not, I don't know. Again, like we've been talking about, there's so much that's like catastrophic these days that I'm just like trying not to. You, there's not there's like the I don't know uh, it doesn't seem like obsessing over the midterms is any better than obsessing over anything else we're in yeah. we're in pretty like if the midterms go great I'm still not convinced that the primary catastrophic problems facing us as a civilization will get fixed oh right? certainly like, not. like mm. if, if the midterms go real good for the Democrats it certainly means that it's less likely things will be catastrophic uh, for, but for not all much. of us here on planet Earth, but not, not necessarily much, yeah. by enough to really matter for yeah. most people. Because, yeah. I mean, what will matter is, you know, the concept of the end of democracy. But also, if we do not take massive action on climate change, um, democracy will not survive the coming decades of mm-hmm. uh, refugee influxes and in natural disasters, as we've seen in a number of, of parts of the world already, which is why the the percentage of human beings living in authoritarian regimes has like shot up by a, like something like 30 or 40 percent in the last um, decade and change. Like it's it, we're, we're watching the dissolution of democracy on a global scale in favor of authoritarianism. And there's positive signs in that. Generally speaking, the fact that Ukraine has done so much better than Russia in this war is potentially very significant because whatever, there's a number of of serious issues with the Ukrainian government as there's with any government, but it is a democracy. It is a functioning democracy um, with with a rule of law, which is why like the former president Poroshenko got 
lost his election to Zelensky and had to flee he, the country because he'd been he was very oh, extremely Ukraine fucking is a corrupt. functioning Ukraine is yeah. a functioning U- democracy. Ukraine is a yeah, Russia Russia is not a I democracy. I thought you were saying we're no. Russia. I was like, I no. you Ukraine definitely know more about it than me, but I want to push and one of the I mean part of why they've been doing so well. I mean, they've routed it was not a retreat around Kiev. The the level of documented Russian armored armored losses outside of yeah. Kiev alone is not a not a retreat. It's a, a rout. It was a that yeah. is a the a disaster militarily. Um and you know, we'll see what actually happens in the east now that that both sides are able to kind of redeploy some forces. I think that might benefit Ukraine more than it does Russia because the Russian forces that pulled away from Kiev suffered titanic losses, whereas the Ukrainian military seems to still be in pretty good order. But part of why you're seeing Ukraine outperform Russia so much, obviously there's the factor of like Western weapons, but Western weapons, as we have seen in a number of conflicts so far, are only useful insofar as you have functional battle doctrine and functional military leadership in order to um, well, enable functional resistance. We've been training them, haven't we? we? Have, Working. There's an extent. Yeah, that that has not been a non-factor. U, the U.S. and NATO. Uh, I mean, we've tra- been in but there I, for years I, training the I army. Think, I thought. I I think that is less. We have been. I think that is less of a factor than the fact that yeah. Ukrainians developed through eight years yes. of experience fighting a peer force. Yep. Yes. Um. Really significant and and uh uh autocathonic, you know, mm-hmm. having arisen from within the society battle doctrine. I do um, agree. That had not really, um, had not been tested before. I, yeah. I think, uh, so that's, I think, a major Plus factor in what we're seeing. And, tough and motherfuckers. That, yeah. yeah, and that doesn't, you know, that'll that'll only get you so far. It's better to, to be smart than, than it is to be tough. Um, and what the Ukrainian military did after 2014 was except, number one, the reality of their situation, which is they had just gotten fucking pantsed by the Russian army. Some disastrous armored losses on behalf of the Ukrainian military that look like the shit you're seeing the Russians suffer right now. And it was because Ukraine was a tremendously corrupt country um, with all of these oligarchs who had terrible influence within not just the civil society, but within the military. Um, you had very corrupt military leadership. You had very, like, a lot of, you know, military units whose parts had been sold off wholesale that weren't actually ready to fight. Um, and Ukrainians, after kind of fighting to retain a democracy in, in 2013, 2014, um, voted in a series of people who, for all of their flaws, made some major reforms to the way the military functions and who commanded it um, that were extremely effective. And so, I don't know, I try not to, I'm really trying not to be too much of a doomer. There is, There are signs that, like, it's not an insurmountable fight, because one of the good things about authoritarians is that they're bad at a lot of stuff. They're really good at fucking up a bunch of different things at the same time um, in a way that makes it hard to deal with because you have to be a lot more competent to fix the things they're fucking up, right? Yeah. Um, but they also, when, you, when you're able to engage them kind of directly, when you can stop sort of futzing around the edges of the fight and throw down with them face to face, they're not often nearly as competent uh, in a straight up fight as they are in kind of this sort of insurgent arson cultural shit that they that they've are very good at. Um, and so I think that's kind of the struggle for the left uh, and for the center in the coming years is to force these guys with like climate change is to 
force them to stare the reality of it in the face and then hit them in the face repeatedly. Like not <laughs> not not battle around the edges of this shit, but actually or organize and get together to an extent that we can that we can that they that they're forced to deal with this face to face. Um and, and there are like signs for optimism there. One of the things that this is not specifically climate change related, but it, it speaks to the potential of organization to solve these problems is like when we had when Trump was like threatening, you know, we had that budget shutdown and shit of the government, the longest one in history. It got put down because like the airline stewardesses union was like well, we'll do a strike. We'll go on strike. And then you can't have planes. And like, what are you going to fucking do then? And they caved immediately. And if you actually do get, you know, that was one small example, but it points to the potential of like, if you actually can get enough people, and most people are broadly in support of things like not having the climate collapse, if you can actually manage to weld folks together long enough to take some of these issues on head on, um, right-wing resistance tends to not be able to actually deal with it. They're best when everybody's distracted and mm -hmm. unfocused and dealing with a million things, which is why they try to fuck up a million things at once, right? Um, that's that's the that's the genius in their tactic, because if they can fuck up enough things at once that everybody's focusing on a bunch of separate stuff, it's really hard to kind of get them to grips and actually get them locked into a fucking fist fight. If you can get them locked into a fist fight, they're probably gonna lose the fist fight. It's just a matter of actually forcing that fight before they are able to crumble everything around you and you have nowhere to stand. Does that make sense? That's yeah. Where I, that's no. where I, my thoughts That's actually are. very well said. Yeah. Anyway, that's probably a podcast, right? It certainly think, felt like a podcast. I think it has to be. Mm -hmm. um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that uh, in response to uh, increased unionization, Howard Schultz says he's going to try to win yes. people back by doing Starbucks NFTs. Yes, you could have <laughs> saved it for Thursday. <laughs> um, we can still we can talk about it at length on Thursday, but I feel like because I'm, I just I'm need waiting to say for it out loud. Have you have you found more info on like what they're actually trying to do? Because I am desperate to learn what the real. Plan I don't know is what there, the specifics it's are. Uh, it's just that speech he gave. Um, but just Starbucks NX NFTs. So don't unionize Can't because there wait will be Starbucks NFTs, folks. For for all the good boys and girls, you do not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. That's it for us. We podcasted. We did it. We went on a journey. Thank we you to Robert and Robert only for watching Patriot. Cody, you're mm -hmm. no longer my friend. You are Thank welcome. You. That is extreme. <laughs> you're right. That's too fair, for, far. Yeah. It's too the far. It's too far. with HR that I now have to have. Thanks to, <laughs> thanks to my experience with the show Patriot. How about the guy who plays the HR manager on Patriot? Oh, he's, he's so, so good. good. Oh, my God. The episode in season two where they're all out drinking. Very funny um, unreal really unreal. quite an ensemble show i've i've i, I enjoy it a lot well disgusted. we're gonna sell a patriot Disg watch along disgusted by this camaraderie i'm seeing yeah in, enjoy the show patriot which ended like three years ago yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll be back next week bye it's true bye, bye. I tried. Yes. Daniel? Lovely. Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.